morning, everybody. Boy, I'll tell you, if the tears were not flowing for that song, and I don't know uh, where your heart is, but my heart is full of joyful tears. Getting closer to the Christmas, uh, to Christmas, that the Christmas Holy Spirit is really, really, really starting to ramp up for me. And I would think a lot of that is because my family and I are also going through our own trials with our children and with the devil trying to work his way in, ladies and gentlemen. And it really is a blessing to be able to have God to lean on, Jesus to be with, the Holy Spirit to comfort us, and then fellowship. And uh, I got to tell you, this has been one of the longest weeks of my life. And it's been one of the most eye-opening weeks of my life. If everybody here is a mom or a dad and you had children that were teenagers, you know what I mean. Sometimes you have some pretty trying times uh, as a parent. And especially when you have four teenagers all at the same age all in 2023 you know having four teenagers in in uh in the 70s and 80s was a little bit i mean it was still scary i'm assuming but uh today's a different world so um i titled today's show which is episode number what are we 246 247 um episode number 246 And I titled today's show, Graves into Gardens. Okay? Um, Now you guys know the song. We turn graves into gardens. Bom, 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 bom. Well, the reason why I'm talking about graves into gardens today is... Well, let me just... The last few days we've talked about doors, bridges, and now today we're going to talk about graves and gardens. And what that means. Um, You know, as you get older and you start getting closer to your, you know, the end. I mean, every day is 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 closer to the to the end of our lives here on Earth. Right. And as you get older, you start putting things into priority. And my wife lately has been really noticing graves and it's understandable my wife is approaching 40 right so she's getting to that age and thank you scotty god god bless you man uh jeremy can you please get in touch with me it's urgent where can i send a message um lfa producer at gmail.com if it's that urgent scotty thank you um So my wife has been noticing graves a lot lately, and it's very understandable because as she's approaching 40, she's also had three deaths in her family in the last year and a half. Very close, her sister, who was in her 30s. Her grandfather, who helped raise her. And her uncle, who was was the favorite uncle. And everybody asked, you look emotional today. Is everything all right? Yeah, everything's all right. It's just life, you know, but... We've had some pretty, um, this has been one of our hardest weeks of our life, my wife and I, uh, concerning our children and our family. 
Um, and I got to say, the three years that I was doing three shows a day is did not help uh, get our kids to where they are today. Uh, the difference between our children and my wife and I is that we didn't have godly parents to step in and say, okay, it is time to be uh, who God created us to be as your parent. Now, my children do have that. And it couldn't have been better timing for me to change the schedule because my wife has really been doing a lot of this alone because you know the most important time in a family's life is when the children get out of school. That three hours that you have, those are your three hours. Those are your three hours. And if you lose those three hours or you're not there during those three hours and you leave it up to the other parent, well, then you're not getting the full you're not getting the fullness out of your family that you need. And, you know, a lot of what our children are going through right now um, is because they didn't have the male role model in their life during the hours that were the most important. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is something that I've had to sacrifice no longer because now we've changed our schedule by the grace of God. So my wife has been noticing graves a lot, been thinking about, you know, our very limited time here on earth. Now, you know, we all go through those moments, right? You know, sometimes you fully accept it. Sometimes it just hits you like a freight train. Boom. You know what I mean? And, uh, and you go, wow, you know, those are those bridge times that we talked about yesterday. Um, so my wife is going through this and um, our children are going through, uh, I don't even really want to get into the, the multitude of personal issues that they're going through, but think about this. 14, 15, and 16-year-old kids in a sexually charged world with nothing but sexually explicit images and videos coming across their purview every hour of every day, no matter if we allow them to have digital uh, devices or not. It's just the way the world is. You're not going to keep them away from this stuff. And unfortunately, uh, three of the four of our children... Um, by bad choices and maybe by not having the man in their life during the hours that they needed them have made some very, very life-altering and bad decisions that have affected not only their relationship with the rest of their family, but has caused division and destruction within our church, within our children, our Christian school, within those organizations and those, um, uh, those places that, that, that we all hold as cornerstones to our lives. And our children have really made some very, very, very bad decisions. And I know that you guys can all um, sympathize with that. And maybe some of you empathize with that. So, uh, last night, after a very long week, something hit me. I spend an hour with you guys Every single day, learning how to be a better Christian. Five days a week, I spend on this show, Rise Up, with all of you, learning ourselves how to be better people and better Christians. And I realized I don't do that with my own children. Not to say that we don't pray together. Not to say that we don't speak of God and Jesus all the time in my house, which we do. But I never, ever, ever sit them down for an hour like I do with all of you. And that hurt. That kicked me right in the stomach. 
that was like a narrator of a story saying to me, you're failing. You're failing them and you're failing you. And all you have to do is just be more like me as I am to you, to you as a child. You need to be like that to your children. Meaning this, last night, I sat down with them. And from now on, in my home, I will start the day out with Rise Up, and I will end the day with Sundown. And my children will have, and my family and my wife will now have their own Rise Up episode but in our home every single day because the devil, the one that's waiting to devour them, he's winning. He's winning. Here we are every day. Here I am. My attention is here every day, winning against the devil, fighting back evil, winning against corrupt politicians, fighting against them, and my own home is burning on the inside because of my children's sexually immoral choices. And it's no longer going to be the case. And now people can say, Jeremy, it's okay. You're doing everything you can. That's the point. No, I'm not. Not even close. And remember, this all started hitting me earlier this week, if you remember here on Rise Up, when I was standing in my dining room and I looked up at that nativity scene And it hit me, here we are, not spending any time in the word. My son, Tristan, who wants to be a, um, who wants to be a race car driver, which is great, spends more time on his simulation, racing simulation thing he has, and memorizes every corner of every track. I said, Tristan, do you have this track memorized? Yes, I do. Do you have this track memorized? Yes, I do. Do you have this track memorized? Yes, I do. You have all these corners memorized? Yes, I do. Do you know exactly when you need to downshift, upshift, break? Do you know all that? Yes, I do. Amazing. Tell me five verses right now. Read for me five, or no, not read. Quote me five out of the thousands and thousands and thousands of verses Quote me five, and he couldn't. My daughter, Olivia, cheerleading and gymnastics. Do you know the amount of cheers that she has to memorize? Uh, 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 go team. D, E, F, bounce, bounce, jump, jump, uh, you know, all of that. All on cadence, all perfection in order to present this choreography to the audience. I said, Olivia, quote me five verses. Go ahead. She couldn't. And they go to Christian school and they have Bible in the morning. Now, they know five verses. Uh... Thou shalt not, you know, or, you know, Jesus said unto them, like they know them, but they don't know them. They know them, but they don't know them. And to be all honesty, in all honesty, neither do I. Not like I should. Not as the head of household. 
So last night we sat down as a family, all seven of us, and we got into the only book of the Bible that I could think of that these kids' attention span would literally focus on and listen to. And I didn't do it in a Bible, um, like a Bible-thumping way. And I didn't do it in a, you know how I did it? I did it how I do Rise Up. I did it how I do, uh, how I do Rise Up. And I got to tell you, they were interested. Because of the fact that I put a little effort, a little effort into um, finding similarities in the, the, the Bible um, into what they're go- as to what they're going through in their lives and telling them how you, what would have happened if you'd done it this way. And, they, and, they, and, and man, it was like a, I, I could not believe that all I had to do was do this. Jeremy, be careful not to push too hard. And that's exactly what I wasn't doing, pushing too hard. I was opening their eyes and taking away the filters. And I got to tell you, it was like night and day. That hour that we spent together last night going through Proverbs. And you know what we did? We opened up the Proverbs 1-3. I want everybody right now to Proverbs 1-3 if you can. This is where God directed me to. He directed me to Proverbs 1-3. Everybody go to Proverbs 1-3. Tell me what you read. I'll go to it right now myself. Proverbs 1, 3. Everybody there? All right. It says, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice and judgment and equity. And then it goes on to 4, to give subtly to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning. A man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. And what we did is we broke that down in a study guide so that they could understand it. And what it really came down to was how you treat the people around you, how you come off to them in your words and your actions, that that has to be done in a godly standard for others around you. But the other part of that was talking about self-governing and self-control. Self-governing and self-control. Men cannot self-govern and self-control. Women cannot self-govern and self-control. Men and women, even in the United States of America, where we have a constitutional republic that gives you all the rights, all the way down to your individual person, cannot self-govern and have self-control without God. Without Jesus, if you do not have Jesus in your life, if you do not have God, if you do not have a standard in which that you live under, in which you are sorry to, if you violate, which we all are, then you cannot self-govern and self-control. You're not strong enough. You're not smart enough. You're not wise enough. You don't have enough stamina. You don't have enough strength. I can promise you. You could have been through all the terrible things in the world. You could be the biggest, strongest bodybuilder. You can know 15 languages. You can know 15 different forms of martial arts. You can be rich beyond your wildest belief. You can have all the women or all the men in the world that you want. Everybody, blah, blah, blah. You will not succeed. You cannot do this on your own and have self-control and self-governing if you do not have a standard in which you hold that to. And that standard can only be God because men are flawed from time to time, from time to time, throughout time. So 
That is what we sat and talked about last night. And then I graded them. And do you want to know something, ladies and gentlemen? Do you know how we grade each other here? Do you know how we say, look in that mirror and grade yourself? How do I stack up to Jesus? Jesus is obviously A+. How do you treat others around you? What do you say to them? Are you, where are you at that? Jesus is 100, where are you? What comes out of your mouth? Does the things that come, do the things that come out of your mouth edify and glorify God? And I mean everything that you say. If not, where are you? Jesus is 100, where are you? And we went through all of this and I was honest with them too. Do you know um, when it said to how I treat others and the way I talk to others around me, I was about a 30% and I'm really good. I make sure that I'm really, 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 really cognizant of people around me and being nice and polite. And I'm about 30% of you really, really dig in deep and you put yourself up to Jesus. Jesus is the standard. You're right next to him. Put him up to yourself and I guarantee you, you will fail. And then, I, and then it went to what comes out of your mouth. Clearly, like, like even if nobody's around, even if it's just you and your buddy, you and your friend, what comes out of your mouth is what comes out of your mouth edifying and glorifying God. Now, I don't expect you guys to be perfect, and I don't expect you guys to be Bible-thumping Christians who never, ever sin. That's not what this is all about, I told them. I'm talking about grading yourself so you can make yourself better, so that you can make the people around you look at you and see God. Where are you with that? And I was a zero. Maybe, maybe 5% if I'm lucky. Do you know how many times I say things that just pop into my head that I shouldn't say? Do you know how many times I say, that idiot, that stupid moron, and I'm talking about stuff like that. Would Jesus do that? No, he would not. So where are you? And I got to tell you, as they went from kid to kid to kid, even our six-year-old had her Bible in front of her. Where are you? Everybody failed. Everybody failed with the edification, with what comes out of your mouth. And the reason why I'm telling you all of this is because if you can give yourself a failing grade, you are, and that failing grade doesn't increase to a better grade over time through your walk with Jesus, you are heading for the grave, not the gardens. Then we went from the mouth to the heart. So we went from the outward person, personality, the way they treat people, the way they talk, the way they, you know, edify God with their works and with their daily activities and decisions. Then we went to the mouth and then we went to the heart. Because your heart, everything flows from. That's what the Bible says, right? And I got to tell you, when these kids went from Person to person to person grading themselves, it was like a light bulb went on in their head and tears came out of some of their eyes because they had to say it. They had to admit it, not for shame, not for us to go, ah, we knew it, you're in trouble. No, they had to admit to themselves where they were in their walk with God. And, and, and some people go, Jeremy, they're just teenagers. You're being too harsh on them. Those years are the years that you have to do this. If you do not do this at this age, they will not have anything to go back to when they start stumbling. They will be the son that does, that's not the prodigal son that returned. He will never have returned. 
You have to give them something to return to. And so, I am not mad at my children. I am not furious with some of the actions that my children have decided to take lately, which, by the way, are very serious, just so you know. And I'm sure you can imagine. I am like a deflated tire. I feel broken. I feel like a failure. That's how I went to bed last night. And then I woke up this morning. And it all hit me. I thanked God for this, for all of it. For everything that my children are going through, I thanked God. For the decisions that my children made that were very bad, I thanked God. And I honestly thanked him. And then I, and then I just spent time with him. I didn't ask for anything. I didn't pray for anything to happen. I didn't want anything other than to be with him. And I just said, I just want to hang out with you today for the, for the morning. I just want to be in your presence. I just want to feel peace. I just want to feel joy. And as I was doing that, not praying for anything specific, just being with God. And I said, I just want to just relax. You know what I mean? Like I'm in a heavenly spa or something. And as I did that, he basically was like, man, this is great news. The fact that your children are trying to be and are now, and one of them is sexually active. This is great news. This is very bad uh, sins that they're committing and, and want to do and, and the desires of their heart are, set, are so terrible. But it's so good because now you see what you need to do. Now they are going to get what they need from you. Now they're going to be put in a position where they're going to be set up to be able to bring all of this to God and feel sorry to God first and admit it to God because they're starting to admit it to themselves. And once they do that, they'll respect you more. You'll be more in their lives. And do you want to know something that was great to me when I sat down with each and every one of them and said, I, I'm not, we're not going to go through the, to, through the crap I want to know and I want to know the truth because we have to move on. We have to get better. We have to forgive. We have to repent and we have to grow. And every one of them, none of them lied to me about anything that I asked them, which let me know that they were serious. They were as serious as I was. Before we get into our videos today, we haven't even hit the prayer. I want to go to prayer. I want to go to the reason, uh, to some of the verses that, that back up um, what we're talking about today. And then we got to go to video, okay? So I know we're a little late in this, but please remove your hats and let's go to the Lord in prayer. In the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, Father God, thank you, thank you, thank you for trials. Oh my gosh, thank you for trials. If it wasn't for trials, if we, didn't, if we weren't put between rocks and hard places, and if we didn't have difficult decisions to make, then there'd be no reason for life. Because the reason for life is living. And while we are here on these very limited days, we should be living for God. And if we're living for you, Father, then nothing else, uh, by default, everything else is perfect. Everything else will bring joy and peace and understanding and comprehension and heavenly wisdom and energy and, dis and, 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 and guidance. Lord, please let us understand today how limited our time really is. And what that means for us so that we don't head to graves and that we only head to gardens. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. Cindy says, Jeremy, I feel like you're making efforts with them. Their eyes are open to what you're saying. This shows them how much you care. You put your money where your mouth is. Never give up. I agree. I agree. And I sat there last night. I walked outside. I put a coat on after everything. Uh, This has been a long week. It's been every night, by the way. It's been every night this week. And I put a coat on last night, and I just went outside, and and, um, I I turned on our um, Christmas blow-ups, you know? Um, like we're pretty diverse at my house. Like we have like white Santa, we have black Santa, we have nativity scenes. We have, we just have tons of different things. And I went out and I turned them all on and I just sat out there and I'm looking at all of them and I'm like, wow, I wish I had a dad like, like this, like somebody who cared enough to say, what do I need to do for God to fix my family? Imagine if, imagine if you had that as a kid. Oh, but we have it now, right? And I was just, you know, I was just thinking about all of you guys and life and where, how it's all changed lately. And these kids are now teenagers. And I know you guys are probably like, yeah, Jeremy's talking about his life. Yeah, yeah. And I'm telling you guys about this because I know some of you guys have young children and some of you guys might have teenagers. And some of you guys have went through this and you can validate, hey, we know. We know what you're going through. Um, are you a Griswold Christmas? No, we used to be. We used to be until we started celebrating Jesus. And then we stopped being a Griswold family. Uh, that is huge. It sure is. It sure is. Uh, Jeremy, you are loving them through their individual trials. Well, that's the key, right? Not to scream at them and, 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 and you know, beat that drum. Um, Jeremy, when my middle son was a teenager, we were having a hard time. Jesus came to me in the night. He didn't say anything but lifted me up about a foot off the ground. I knew it was saying... Oh, I didn't see the rest of that. It cut off. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Going through the same thing with my 16-year-old at the moment. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, um, I want to talk about very limited time. All right? And God, this is something that God said to me. I don't remember if it was late last night. Or if it was early this morning, I want to say it was, hold on, limited. I want to say it was, uh, that it was early this morning that where is Sabrina during this? She's right there with me. She's right there with me side by side, side by side. But she's been doing this for so long by herself. She is very happy to let me take the reins as the head of household, as the father and she's very happy to just sit there. And by the way, she's learning too. She's learning too. We're all learning. You know what I mean? Um, S. Sterling says, I lost 10 years of my life when my daughter was a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. Think about, now think about having four kids that are like me (laughs) as a teenager. Woo. Let me tell you. Um, Anyway, God said to me, I don't know what, again, I, I think it was this morning. It's kind of all blurring together now because I've been talking to him so much to help me through some of this stuff. But he said, um, He told me, he didn't say your days are numbered. God told me, number your days. And I think it has to do with everything that my wife has been seeing and talking about lately. Because let's face it, folks, if you and your wife or you and your husband are together, you're one, and you guys are in sync, 
You're feeling the same thing. You're going through the same things, the same emotions you guys are having. It's like twins, right? It's like one person feels something, the other person knows something, you know, they feel it too. When you're married with somebody, you're like, you're one, right? So I think that my, my wife's whole thing about God, graves and dying and everybody dying around her and then being exhausted as a parent and all of this. Um, yes, I schedule time for me and Sabrina. Yes, definitely, 100%. 100%. Um, God said to me, number your days. And so my wife's sister passed away from fentanyl last year in her 30s. And we have a uh, like a carving, like somebody did a portrait and then did it in a wood carving as a Christmas ornament. And my wife didn't know she had it. So her parent, her mom, snuck it into our Christmas stuff last year. And so when I put, we put the Christmas tree up this year, I was decorating. She was gone at, the, at that moment. We were just, I was just putting up a few things. When she came back, she saw the ornament of her sister. She didn't know she had it. She broke down bawling. And since then, she's been thinking about graves and dying and growing older and passing away and the children, you know, not being here for our children and this, that, and the other. And it's very understandable. Everybody has it. But God said to me, number your days. And so I quickly got online and I started pump punching in Bible verses about numbered days. And I've seen many of them, but I didn't realize like doors and like bridges that it says it so much about your life being finite here. And then I went through verses this morning, which is why I tr- titled this Graves into Gardens. Don't be heading to graves, head towards gardens. But I, I, I started going through verses this morning and I realized what God was saying to me. I do. I, fi- I realized it hit me just like a ton of bricks. God wasn't saying number your days as in fear death, worry about death, get ready for death, set yourself up so your family's ready for your death, this, that, and the other. He said it for the very opposite reason. So that I could put an, an, a value on each day that God has given me. When God said to me this morning, number your days, just those three words, number your days. I didn't know where they come from. And then I realized all of this. This over here, this here, this computer, all these cameras, lights, truck, cars, roads, jobs. Don't spend your life or your time chasing jobs, careers, status, growth, the best news network. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It matters here on earth. But the thing that really matters is making sure that you and your family serve the Lord. That's it. Making sure that you and your family serve the Lord and walk with Jesus in any way and every way that that, that you can even think of that. Then all of that other stuff, the car, job, your career, your friends, all of that stuff will just 
come into play. It'll just work. Here we are worrying about the wrong thing and none of it working when we just don't worry at all and embrace the right thing, then all the stuff we worry about doesn't, it's not there. It's not a worry. Number your days. Understand your precious time that you have here on earth and do something infinite with it, not temporary, not finite. I don't, I'm not going to wake up tomorrow and say, yeah, I can't wait to do a bunch of finite things today. No longer. Will I do a bunch of finite things? Yes, I'm human. I have a life to, to live. But will I focus on the finite? Not even a little bit anymore. My only focus, good, only good, all good, is going to be on the infinite. And anything that bad comes, it's just bad. It's here. It's life. Can't wait till I don't have to deal with it anymore and I can be, you know, in heaven with God. And when I was talking to God during that little bit of time that I was with him, um... I said, I don't, can, you, can, you just, can I spend some time with you in heaven and not on earth right now? I just don't want to think of anything on earth. I don't want to think of earth, I said. And then while I said that, and while I was spending some time with him this morning, and while I said, I just don't want to think of earth, I remembered, do not, set your, do not put your mind of the earthly things. Do not worry or think about earthly things, for everything on this earth will pass away. And I remembered the verse as I was saying, I just don't want to think about earth. Job 14.5, since his days are determined and the number of his months is with you and you have appointed his limits that he cannot pass. That's you. That's me. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. James 4.14, You do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Psalm 90.10. The years of our life are 70 or even by reason of strength 80. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone and we fly away. Psalm 90.10. Psalm 39.4. O Lord, make me know my end and what is the measure of my days. Let me know how fleeting I am. God said to me today, oh, you are fleeting, bruh. <laughs> hey, dude, number your days. Huh? Number your days, my son. Oh. Job 7.1 Has not man a hard service on earth and are not his days like the days of a hired hand? Revelation 21.4 he will wipe away every tear from, your, from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have, I'm sure you guys know it, passed away. Luke 12, 7. 
Why? Even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not. You are of more value than many sparrows. And one more. Psalm 90.12. So teach us to number our days. That we may get a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days. And God said to me this morning, number your days. Not your days are numbered. Trust me, I heard it. Plain as day. Number your days. What a perfect, perfect message for what I'm going through in my life right now. Number your days. Folks, please share the video. Give us a thumbs up. Thank you for listening to my personal stories of my personal life. Thank you for respecting my personal stories in my personal life. People that might be watching for the first time might, have not, might not have a clue of what this show really is. I came here to learn scripture, not to hear about somebody's crybaby fest because they don't know. But if you're new, if you are new here, this is my personal journey with Jesus made public. So you never know what can happen here, right? Jesus knew you needed it. And that's why you had to stop the 5 p.m. show. Yeah, I know. I thought it was to be more of a boss here, which it is. But it really, the real reason, the infinite reason, not the finite reason, is to be there for my children in this very, very pivotal stage of their young adulthood. 100%. 100%. SL Holmes, we love you too. God bless you. By the way, my wife and I started filling out checks and started filling envelopes to people who are going to be recipients of the Christmas fund. Um, So you might not have gotten an answer back from us. Don't worry. We are working. Melissa Steffi, we got yours too, and we're working, and we'll try to get them all out by tomorrow, okay? And now, ladies and gentlemen, I think you know what time it is. What day is it? Friday. What do we do on Fridays? Ray Comfort. It is Comfort Fridays, ladies and gentlemen, so sit back and relax and be comforted by Ray Comfort. Well, I just had an interesting experience. I saw a guy sitting on a pathway, and what I do when I approach people is show them this card. Say, would you like to come on YouTube? Approach this guy and said, would you like to come on YouTube? And gave him the card and he took it and he says, I'm gonna show you something. He opened up his wallet and he got one of them out. He had one in his wallet. He said that he had found it in somebody else's wallet. So I wonder where he got it from. So this is an interesting interview. And where did you find that other one? I came across a wallet actually and well, luckily, I- came across the card also. So. Do you think there's life after death? Yeah, there could be. Do you ever think about your own death? More than ever, yeah, I have. Why is that? Got told I'm pretty sick and probably shouldn't be drinking, but I'm still drinking. I'm already done anyways. I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> Javier had just been diagnosed with a very serious disease, and that's why he was drowning his sorrows in alcohol. After the camera was turned off, I did pray that God would restore his health to him. Do you believe in God? Of course I do. So what's going to happen to you after you die? Where are you going? Uh, well, hopefully I get accepted into heaven. <laughs> so how do you get to heaven? What do you have to do? Uh, you got to repent for your sins. So when you say repent of your sins, who told you that? It's in the Ten Commandments, right? Well, the Ten Commandments tell us what sin is. They show us we've sinned against God. Javier, when you get up in the morning, do you ever look in the mirror? I do. You look in the mirror to see what's wrong and you clean it up in the water. Yeah. 
The Ten Commandments are like a mirror. Most people think you have to keep the commandments to get to heaven, but all they do is reflect what we are in truth, like a mirror does. The book of James in the Bible says that. When we look into the perfect law of liberty, it just shows us what we are. So do you think you're a good person? I do believe I am a good person. I'm a good heart. I okay. have a good heart. So. so you look in the mirror and you think you look well. Can you be honest with me? Yes, sir, of course. How many lies have you told in your life? <laughs> Plenty. I think I've said many lies. Ever stolen something? I have. Like wallets and things like that? Oh, no, no, I don't steal wallets. I usually come across those, so I mean, not stealing them. Though. I try yeah. to get them to their owner most of the time. Have you ever used God's name in vain? I have. Do you love what? your mum? I do, I love my mother. Would you ever use her name as a cuss word? I would. No, because you respect her. But you don't respect the God that gave you a mother because you've taken his holy name and used it as a cuss word. That's called blasphemy, punishable by death in the Old Testament. One to go, and I appreciate your honesty. Jesus said, if you look with lust, you commit adultery in your heart. Have you ever looked at a woman with lust? Oh, yes. Have you had sex before marriage? Yes. Javier, I'm not judging you, but you've just told me you're a lying, thieving, blasphemous, fornicating, adulterer at heart, and you have to face God on Judgment Day. If he judges you by those Ten Commandments, you're going to be innocent or guilty. Guilty, Can, of course. Uh, so, Javier, if you die in your sins, you're heading for hell. The Bible says that, and I'd hate that to happen to you. I love you. I care about you. I want to see you in heaven. So what did God do for guilty sinners so we wouldn't have to go to hell? I'm not too familiar with what he actually did. So. You actually do know, but because you don't understand it, you don't value it. Have you heard of Jesus dying on the cross? Yeah. Now, most people have, but they don't know this. And Javier, if you can get a grip of this, it's going to change everything for you. The Ten Commandments are called the moral law. You and I broke the law. Jesus paid the fine. That's why he said, it is finished. Just before he died, he was saying, paid in full. If you're in court and you've got speeding fines, a judge will let you go if someone pays those fines. You'll say, you're out of here. You've got a lot of fines, but you can leave because, because someone's paid them. And it's legal. He can let you go. Well, God can legally take the death sentence off you. He can legally let you live forever because Jesus paid the fine in full on that cross and then rose from the dead and defeated death. And if you'll repent of your sins and trust in him, God promises he'll grant you everlasting life as a free gift, not because you're good, but because he's good and kind and rich in mercy. Is this making sense? Yes, it is. You're going to think about what we talked about today? Uh, most definitely I will. So. so when are you going to repent and put your faith in Jesus? I don't want to keep this life going any other. Well, Javier, you need to be born again. Are you sorry for your sins? I am. You're willing to repent and trust the Savior? Aww. I am willing to repent. Oh. Can I pray with you? Yeah, of course. Oh. Father, I pray for Javier that this day he will truly repent. That you'll remind him of his secret sins, and this day he'll be genuinely sorry and put his faith in Jesus, and in so doing, understand your love towards him expressed in the cross, and pass from death to life, all because of your amazing grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Javier, do you have a Bible at home? I do. I do. I'm going to give you a Gospel of John, and a book I've written called Scientific Facts in the Bible, and another little book called Save Yourself Some Pain, which is Principles of Christian Growth. The ball's in your court. You can leave here and go back to porn and all the things you know are wrong, or you can say, God, I need to mean business with you. Hear what I'm saying? Yes, I do. 
Living Waters exists as a non-profit ministry to help you grow in your faith. Here are three things to help you do just that. The Living Waters Podcast. The Evidence Study Bible. Everything you've ever wanted to know about the Christian faith. And the Starter Kit. Four of our most popular gospel tracks. These and much more are available at livingwaters.com. If you've never seen a... Thank you to Ray Comfort. Um, I have so much to say about that video. The man was just diagnosed with a life-threatening disease. He was on the side of the street drinking his pain away. Ray Comfort sees it, goes up to him, says, hey, would you like to be on YouTube talking about God? Hands him this pamphlet, and the guy says, wait a minute, you mean this pamphlet? And says, I found this. When I found somebody else's wallet, which means he probably went through it, or maybe the guy gave it to him, I don't know. Long story short, that was a divine intervention. That was a divine intervention. And he says, when are you going to put your faith and your trust in Jesus? And he starts crying, and he says, I don't want to be here anymore in this life. Those kind of people you just want to sit with. B. Brooks, I tried, Jeremy, and then I hear that whispered all the time. It makes my anger take over. Oh, if anybody knows anything about anger, it's me. I eat anger for breakfast. Um, you got to let it go. When you let it go, you'll find the love that you're looking for. I, that's easier said than done. I know. I know. I have a couple more videos to show you here, guys, here on Rise Up this morning. What a great show today. Thank you a bit for being here. and Make sure you click that thumbs up button while you're here, okay? Right. Well, it says in Isaiah 40, 31, that those who trust in the Lord shall renew their strength. See, God wants you to know that if you're tired, if you're exhausted, if you're depleted and you feel like you cannot go forward and move forward, that as you trust in Him, He will give you the strength to take another step. That as you put your confidence in God, He will give you the capacity, the endurance to keep going, to keep moving forward, to keep putting one foot in front of the next, because trusting God believes for the best, hopes for the best, has confidence in faith that God will make a way, even when there appears to be no way, that God will see me through, even when I cannot see a way through myself. Trust in the Lord, and your strength will be renewed. That's true. Boy, let me tell you, when I was talking to him this morning, I said, I just want to spend time with you. I needed that strength. I needed that strength, and I got it. And I got it. And it took me from graves to gardens. Really took me from, uh, to, from, from tears to smiles. Right? Coleman K9 says, keep losing Jeremy. I mean, you keep losing the feed or you're telling me to keep losing? I know all about losing. I also know all about winning. Here's another video for you here as we're getting close to the end. And these are videos that I've archived to save for you until the end. ...of the future fundamentally changes our behavior in the present. That what you believe about tomorrow will dictate and determine how you live your life today. That if you say, oh, we got all the time in the world, that this world isn't ending, that people have been talking about his return, but he never shows up, and you live your life as if 
There is no higher authority. There is no higher power that we are accountable to. And there is no judgment day. There is no day where we all will have to give an account to the King of Kings and to the Lord of Lords that every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. The scripture says that Jesus is Lord and King. If that's not your vision of the future. Then how are you going to live your life now? You're going to live your life not according to his will, but you're going to live your life according to your own will. That you're going to live in such a way that your current actions are simply serving your here and now, but not your tomorrow. Our vision of the wow, future. Wow, exactly. And I'd like to give a big shout out to Larry Reha. Larry, Larry's got a lot going on in his life with his, with his wife. Um, and they've had a really, really, really hard go of it. And Larry is a, a, a young baby Christian. And he was just talking about how um, I think it was a, a homeless woman who, need, who was cold. And he brought her a blanket. That is the equivalent of what Ray Comfort did for, that, for Javier. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is that is being a light for God. That is showing that you are a child of God. And now I've got one more video to show you here. How many we'll of you, watch this, personally know somebody who at one time claimed to love Jesus, was always at church, always around, and then they started dating somebody who didn't give a rip about Jesus, and now that person is nowhere to be found either. How many of you personally know somebody like that? Raise your hand. Look at that. And some of you tonight, you go, man, I love Jesus, but I want to date whoever I want. No, you, know, you need to know Jesus is better. Some people are like, man, if that boy I would like would like me back or that girl I like would like me back, then they would complete me. No, no, no. Only Jesus completes you. So you, do you know people who just can't be single? Yep. They go from relationship to relationship to relationship. Some of you are pointing. Stop pointing. You're like, but Shane, he got a six-pack. Six no, no, Jesus is better. You're like, Shane, uh, she looks good in Daisy Dukes. No, 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 God is better. Meaning this, some of you are dating people you know you don't need to. Meaning this, maybe tonight there needs to be some breakups for the glory of God. Go, let's go. Jesus owns everything. Let's go. Maybe there needs to be some breakups for God because people are putting so many things in front of God. Well, folks, we've come to the end of Rise Up today, and this is the last Rise Up of the week. Um, I encourage you guys to go back through the week, maybe this weekend. Maybe go back and watch a couple of the shows. Maybe go back through the week of Rise Ups. All you have to do is type in LFA TV Rise Up. They should all pop up. Put them in your playlist. You could put things in playlists now in Rumble so you can go back and watch them later. It's really great. Rumble is definitely growing. None of the verses, none of the messages are outdated, okay? They're just at a period in, in, in time in my personal growth. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you put yourself up against Jesus in a side-by-side -side test and you fail from your actions to your words to your heart, then you're not heading for gardens. You're heading for graves. And even if you don't become perfect, which you never will, the very fact that you're trying to want to live in gardens instead of graves will make sure you live in gardens. Folks, God bless you. Mike Crispy comes up next. Don't leave because you're going to want to hear this song on the way out. Thank you. I love you. Put God first. And I'll see you at 11 o'clock for a two-hour show. See you later. I search the world. Come on, you know the song. We're all going to sing it together. But it couldn't fill me. 
Come on, folks. 